welcome along to another episode of the One of Our Own podcast. I'm Matt, I'm joined by my co-host Paul, as ever. Hey up, Matt. And our guest this week, delighted to say, Mr Dale Fry, one of the Borough Academy's modern success stories, everyone's favourite big lighthouse. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Nice one, thanks Dale. Um, the question we always start with, I guess, is, Dale, what's your, your earliest memories of playing football and joining Middlesbrough Football Club? How did that come about? Um, I'd say my earliest memory was my dad take me over to Stewart's Park. Um, so I think it was about six year old um, and then Cleveland Junior as a trainer I think it was like under eight and uh, they seen me like kicking the ball and stuff like my dad right foot left foot and then so like, why don't you come over and you know train with us so I went and trained with them um, and I was playing like two years above myself and um, you know, against lads who were a lot physical than me how um, big were you were you like really big when you were that age I, no I wasn't big at all I, I started growing when I was like properly um, I think about 13 year old, they had a growth spurt and then I was dead gangly. Some growth spurt? Yeah, I was dead gangly and I couldn't run or nothing and I thought I was going to get released and stuff but <laughs> yeah, I've managed to fill out a little bit so yeah. But back to Stewart's Park, um, yeah I was playing over there, um, playing against like lads a lot older than me um, and I think that's, you know, from from back then till now I think it's put me in a good place really. Mm, so when you were that age you're not necessarily thinking I'm going to be a defender because you've not really got that physical side yeah. you just enjoyed kind of playing the game I guess yeah I just enjoyed playing the game I enjoyed winning um, as I was growing up I played more in midfield um, and obviously when I grew tall and stuff and grew a bit strong um, that's when I you know sort of planted as a defender really mm. and presumably you were playing like schoolboy football as, as you grew up a bit as well and did you always feel like I don't know did you feel like you stood out in in your your class and things like that when you were playing football uh, yeah I did yeah um I think when I was playing, like I always like pe- like scouts were there and stuff, and you know that was always I added pressure, but I thrived on it really. Every time I'd get a free kick, you know I'd take them from all over the pitch, and I used to just kick it as far as I can. They used to score some worldies for me on half and then, <laughs> and um, yeah, I knew that people were like watching. I, when I was younger, I used to get called Mighty Ironhead because every Call time what? Mighty Ironhead. So when um, <laughs> so when the keeper kicked the ball, I just headed back as far as I could. And then I just got the nickname Mighty Ironhead, yeah. Does anyone call you Mighty Ironhead now? No, nah, not now. That was going back when I was like eight year old or something like that. Did you used to get it at school, that? Like? Nah, 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 nah. Just a football? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah just a football. What school did you go to? I went to uh, Berwick Hills, what a school. Proper Middlesbrough, lad, yeah, you are, yeah. Literally 30 second water on the corner. Um, but yeah, some good memories there. That's where you grew up in it, Berwick Hills? Berwick Hills, yeah, yeah. Well, you lived there up to like, years ago. Do, yeah, there used to be like a corner shop there, so I used to just go there. Um, literally every day the shutters used to be down so there'd just be one shop open um, and then the others would just all be closed and I used to just whack balls at the shutters you know every single day and that's pretty much where I grew up really. so if whoever runs that shop's listening to this you're going to get a bill now for probably damaging his, his shutters or something no like it was that. shut it was just, the shutters were just down the whole time it was like abandoned so I used to just absolutely lever balls as hard as I could and stayed out till it got dark really yeah. <laughs> and then you start, you start with Cleveland Juniors how well just before we talk about your journey Middlesbrough I suppose at this point kid growing up in Berry Kills I suppose you're a Middlesbrough fan are you? yeah of course yeah um, me and my dad used to go down the games I remember my first game I went to we got beat uh, 3-0 by Charlton at home um, and I used to get all the kits and everything my dad used to take me down and um, we used to have a little bit of a battle with the neighbours on the street who would get the kit first 
And then when I get my kit, my dad goes, go on, go, dad, go and play. <laughs> go and kick balls against their wall over there. And he used to get like fry, four on the back, I think it was. Um, so yeah, I used to get all the kits and everything. Um, and I remember one year I got the kit um, and I was playing out on the back of the trampoline um, and I've split the back of my shirt and I was like, oh, my mum's going to kill me. Yeah. When I go in a new shirt and everything, I went in, my mum's went absolutely mad. Bearing in mind, I got strangled on the bloody fence like this. <laughs> she's going, your kit, your kit. And I was hung up on the fence, but yeah, there were some good memories. But, yeah. How do you make your shirt on a trampoline? No, because I was jumping, and as I jumped, the fence was caught at the back of my thing. Uh, yeah, and I hung up against the wall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have seen that. <laughs> You mentioned about your parents a couple of times already, like your dad and your yeah. mum. You're saying that. How much of an influence are they on you? Oh, absolutely massive. I don't think you realise till you grow up like how much they've done for you. Um, like back then, I used to come from school and my dad would be like, "Right, deal. We're going up now in the car." And it'd be like an hour and a half before everyone else would get there. And sometimes I'd think, "Oh gosh, you know what I mean? I want to be like going up with my mates and stuff." Um, but then I was coming up like an hour early, and my dad would just go and go and I'd just whack shots at him. And we used to do the same like every day. Um, and obviously petrol money as well. Like my mum and dad didn't have like, a lot of money when I was growing up. Um, I had a f fantastic upbringing and stuff like that. But obviously, the money thing—it's like they're coming to pay petrol every time they're taking you up, and you don't realise how much. So now I like to give back to them as much as I can. Because obviously, for, without them, I wouldn't have been nowhere near where I am today. They're biggest fans, I guess, aren't they? Oh yeah, my sister as well. My sister's my biggest fan. Um, she's always like messaging me like good luck and stuff and. She always like makes like little videos of me like compilations and stuff like that. Um, yeah, she absolutely loves it, and I think she gets like more nervous than me, like when I'm playing. Mm. And yeah, having a good family is absolutely important, so important I think, and that's what I've got. Yeah. Yeah. Did you um, were you always was it in your mind that you'd ever sort of play for Middlesbrough? You follow this path where, or were you just happy coming to watch Middlesbrough, play for Cleveland Juniors, and that and that were really it? Yeah, I think. I think everyone thinks it's so easy to like be a professional footballer. Like when we were younger, we had. A well, that's one of the reasons yeah. why we're having this chat, so yeah. you can explain to people it is yeah. easy as oh, It's definitely not now. So we had a we had a good squad growing up. Like and I played best player with all my mates, and I used to think, oh, we're all going to make it. There's always people saying this group's going to be like the next group to come through, and then I'm the only one left from like that group. Um, playing well, playing for Middlesbrough today. There's some playing like elsewhere, like in the football league. But actually playing for Middlesbrough. Who else is there? Anyone that you uh, there's in there? Nath McGinley's playing in Scotland. Um, I think like Joe Whitley's playing for Darlton. Junie Mondale's playing for Darlton as well, I think. Um, Chappie was a little bit younger than me. I think he's he's at Blackburn, but he's gone out on loan somewhere. Um, who else is there? Um, I like Matty Elston and stuff are playing like yeah. non-league football. Um, so yeah, from that group, it's sort of only me like playing like in the championship where I thought, and I wasn't the most talented in that group, but I'd say like I worked hard and like I say going back to my dad, he was bringing me in that early, and I was working on my right foot, left foot, heading the ball, and without that hard work, I, I don't think I'd be where I am today. You and you don't probably know or appreciate that until it's years ago. Am I right? You know what I mean? You look back now and you'll think, that's helped me get where I am with it massively. Yeah, but at the time, yeah. you won't think that, No, 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 because like I say, I wasn't the most talented people in my group. They were a lot better than me. Like, my other centre half partner, uh, Matty Elston, good player. Um, he was getting like selected by England before me and stuff. Um, so I was nowhere near like, the, the most talented, but I, I worked hard. And when I stepped up to the first team under Karanka, um, you know, I was, I, was, I was working hard and 
and I was sort of the only player from that group to, to be training with the first team, so he must have seen something in me really. What was your experiences then of coming into the academy for the first time? So you mentioned some of these lads you've been playing with, like Cleveland Juniors and stuff. What was it like coming to, to Rockcliffe and being involved in that setup? Um, I think the jump from like the TJFA football to the academy football is massive. Like, as, as a kid, if you played for an academy, it was like, bloody hell, he's a good player. Mm. We used to go and play for tournaments and some tournaments. Um, what age were you, Dale? Sorry, when you came in um, as a kid. I think I was seven. I was seven year old. And yeah, and obviously when you play like against Leeds and stuff at the academy, you feel like the game's absolutely massive. Like you feel like everyone's watching you, and if you don't play well, you you know you're not you're gonna get released. So the, the pressure, I'd say, from from TJFA to them type of games is massive. Mm. Um, and I used to get more nervous for them games than I do now, to be honest. Um, and I obviously I remember one time we were playing Man United at home, and I must have been about nine year old, um, and I didn't have a good game, but everyone else did. And I got home, my dad was like, "Dale, like, uh, you know, I think they're, they're going to release you if you if you don't like, you know, get get kick up your backside really. Um, you know, you need to start like playing well." And I remember crying my eyes out, <laughs> thinking it was the end of the world. But obviously, it's not. But that's just what I felt like. It was all like, mad really when I was younger. And I remember after that, so I think now and then you need like a bit of a kick up the backside. And then when I got that, I just started playing well and and like I say, I did. I enjoyed my academy career really. I think. I'm just trying to think the dates in my head, but I, the point where you were coming into the academy f was probably, you know, the academy was still probably quite a new concept, and like you probably getting the first wave of players who were starting to do really well, you know, like your Stuart yeah. Downs and yeah. players like that. So, I mean, what what your experiences of, of, of being part of that setup and and the coaches and stuff, and, and what was that like for you? Yeah, well, I remember when I was younger, when I used to go to the games, I remember watching Jonathan Woodgate, and um, I remember just looking at him and I thought, wow, he's somewhere who I want to. I want to play like, you know, he didn't really get out of second gear, you know, he looked fantastic, his positional sense was unbelievable and I used to think, well, that's that's what I want to I want to play like and I remember coming in on day release um, and then you'd see all the first team players and you'd be like, wow, like, and to actually be now, like, I know that some of, some of the young lads also, like, look look up to me and my mate was telling me the other day, he said he went to Rappelin Grange School to do some work and he's seen my name on the on the thing saying oh, people who you aspire to be like I think I was on there there was like Gibbo was on there like Kevin Hart like comedians like big people and I just thought wow like that's, that's, that's fantastic that people actually like, look up to me because that's what I was like can, can I was you believe that I don't I mean no, that I don't. in kind way but can you believe that there's people out there thinking I want to be Dale yeah like. but then there'll be people looking at go I don't want to be like him you know what I mean <laughs> but there will be one I'm in the same world as like Kevin Hart and these people and, and all these big people but, yeah that's your impact you You've had though. I mean, I always, I was lucky because you're a local lad yeah. that's playing for your local team. Yeah. So you you do something realistically that kids from Berry Kills wherever can aspire to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it it's not it's not easy. Like I was talking about earlier, it's not easy at all. Um, and I think being being like homegrown lad, the pressure's a little bit more because you know you want to do well for your hometown team when it's not going well. You know, I've got to like walk around on the streets, go to the shops, and I know that people are looking at me thinking, oh, bloody hell, he's not having a great time. Um, so it is a little bit hard, and be, my family being Borough fans as well, mum, dad, sister, big Borough fans, and my, my dad and my mum live like in Bangor Central and Middlesbrough. So when it isn't going well, it's difficult, and I think about that as well sometimes. But, you know, it's part and parcel of the game, you've got to brush it aside and, you know, 
keep playing well, really. Well, if they haven't seen you in Morrison's at Berry Kills, they don't come from Middlesbrough, do they? Because everyone sees you in Morrison's at Berry Kills, yeah, well, they used to do. I'm everyone's cousin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Everyone sees me everywhere. <laughs> I seen a comment the other day saying that um, on about me being injured. And someone said, oh, Fry can't be injured. I seen him walking around Aldi the other day. It's like, I can't go for a walk. You know what I mean? Can't walk. I've got being crutches or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, mental. Have you stopped shopping in Morrison's now? You've got Aldi instead? Uh, yeah, well, I've moved. I'm in Nunthorpe now, so Aldi's a bit closer, yeah. Right. Yeah. I like uh, M&S as well. Ready made meals. Well, that's a bit different. Ready made meals? Yeah. Bang it in the microwave for like till now. Yeah, but what about. I mean, then we, we might come with this later, but we'll, we'll have it out now. Cooking. Do you do any cooking? No, my missus does the cooking. I'm only. You can ping a microwave. I can use a microwave, but right, I'll tell you something. I'll make myself sound daft here. But, um, not you, sure. For my pre match, you have uh, beans on toast, right? And I normally use, you know, like the little um, the little snap pots. Do you know what I'm on about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bang on the microwave. But the other day, I had no snap pot. So I was like, right, I'm going to have to use the ones in the tin. No, I've banged in the microwave, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and as I put it in, I can hear it like the first 10 seconds, it started making like a popping noise. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> that's not right. So I thought, I'm going to leave it going anyway. So, a minute and a half. Open the thing and the, the lid's black. And I'm trying to, I went to go and took it out. Like, oh, that must be hot. I've done that and it's absolutely scalded me. <laughs> and but yeah, and then my missus was like, Yeah, you'd have you to blow the bloody house up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've never heard the story about Mike where it's blown up. And I was like, It's a myth, it doesn't happen. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, but it was red hot, yeah. So, I mean, from basically what you've said there, you're better off sticking with microwave meals from Marx's, really, aren't you? Then? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah. trying to cook anything yourself? No, toast, snap pot beans. <laughs> 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 That's it, really, to be honest. I, I, I would like, I tried cooking lessons. I went to Middlesbrough College uh, with the club here and I learned how to do a fruit salad. I know it's obviously easy chopping fruit up, but then I thought, nah, I don't know how you might struggle. You can cut someone. yourself at all. No, I never cut myself, no. Oh, okay. No, no. I've heard you do a good barbecue, but it is you that's told me that. <laughs> when did I tell you that? <laughs> no, I've, I've got a good barbecue, but I don't, I don't do the barbecue. That might be no, it then. Be, it might be, I've yeah. got a good barbecue. I've got a good barbecue, I'm but I'm not like uh, the host, yeah. So who does barbecues around the old house? You missus do that as well? Uh, no, if, we'll have, if we ever get together, it'll be like my dad or someone like that. All right. Yeah. Everyone looks after you as well, though. Yeah, they do, yeah. <laughs> someone needs to, don't they? <laughs> So back to football, when you came in here, who were your coaches, who were your coaches when you first came in? Um, I had James McGlynn, I don't know if you know him, um, and I had, so when I was younger it was like Craig Ignace, I had him, Craig, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jenks, Paul Jenkins, um, I had Craig, who's here now, um, I had Tinks, um, uh, but I'd say the they're all great coaches and that, but the best one I probably had was Paul Jenkins like when I was younger growing up. Um, I think he was the under-16 coach, and that's, that's the last step before you come in full-time. And Jenks was, the way he wanted to play was phenomenal. You'd have all the mannequins out, and you know I think he looked into a lot of Barcelona, um, and he always used to get his videos up and show us how they play, um, and that's what he tried to do. And I think the under-16s that year, um, we had a great year, and we had also had a good group as well. Well, Jenks, well, Jenks taking 23s by the time you sort of progressed through academy, in it? So, Jenks took the 23s, but I was sort of in around the first team as well. I think that was that point. 
Um, but I didn't know whether you'd have gone through 23. I know you didn't play much with 23s. Yeah. But I thought it, it was you came through, through 18s and whatever. I thought James might have been doing 23s then. Because when you played the European football, was that was that Lids? It was manager Lids, point? yeah. Lids was the manager, yeah. That um, were 18s though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think James was 23s, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. That's right. But you wouldn't have played much 23s because he'd already been. Yeah, I, I, if I wasn't. That point. I'd be training with the first team, and then if I wasn't playing on the Saturday, I'd play for the 23s yeah, with James. It yeah. all happened fairly rapidly for you then, didn't it? When did it. Um, you know, you, you've come in, you've, you've got your scholarship. Then everything moved really quickly, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, I can't remember how come about me getting my debut, but. I think some. No, I think I went away pre-season once, and then I, I done. I done really well, um, and then Karanka at the time really liked me, and then I'd been involved on the first team, um, and obviously, I'd, like I said, I'd play a few games for the twenty threes, um, and then I think one pre-season, I think Gibb up, Ben Gibson got injured, and then every, I remember everyone in the twenty threes. I was like, Dale, you gonna play at the weekend? You know, the so first game of season, the press yeah, on it. and I was going, no, I won't play. You'll put someone else there instead of me. But like deep down, I thought, right, yeah, I think I'm gonna play. Yeah. And then, um, anyway, I found out I was playing. And then we went down. And then the next day, I remember walking out of the tunnel. Well, actually, before that, before that, before that, we were in the changing room. And uh, in a pressing changing room, the toilet, the cubicles, like right in the changing room. So obviously, I went to the toilet. And um, I'm on the toilet. And then, like, not people knocking on the door. I'm like, bloody hell, hurry up! Who's on the toilet? And I like I can hear them all going, Oh, who's that? Absolutely stinks, who's that? And then I come out of the toilet five minutes later, Cronkins just stood there looking at me and he goes, And now who's ready? <laughs> and I was like and everyone was laughing. And then I remember going out because Preston you come out in the corner and the away fans set the opposite end and I just seen the full like red. And my mum and dad were there as well. And that was one of the proudest moments I've felt in my life. because um, I could just see them all cheering and that and that was live on sky. Um Let's say it was incredible, incredible, incredible day. And that you didn't really, you didn't. It was Dami Ayala, one that came up against Joe Garner and spent most of the game niggling with him, wasn't it? I'm no, right. Joe Garner, on me as well. There's a good four. I'll show you after this. Um, but he gave me a nightmare. I can't really. Say I remember the lot of niggle really going say on. I what he said to me, but yeah, he, he did give me a bit of abuse. Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can't say what he said. And you know that, like you say, that's. That's obviously a great moment for you. Um, and we went on the win promotion that season, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I think we had a bit of a, you know, a bit of thingy towards the end of the season, didn't we? Um, but yeah, I think I played like ten games that year. So after Preston, I think Gibbo came back and Gibbo played with Danny. And then I think it was near Christmas time. We uh, played Leeds, and someone got injured or a red card. It might be Danny. It was January, February time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think. And then. It was Leeds away and it was a night game on Sky again. That's right. And um, I remember thinking, oh, I won't play, you'll put Tommy Callas in here. And then the, name, the team come up and I was, it was me and Gibbo back at the centre half. I said, bloody hell, Leeds away. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then I remember playing and the ball like went out and all Leeds fans were shot like pound coins at me and everything. I thought, wow, this is like, this is what it is. Do you know what I mean? This is like man's game football. <laughs> Um, and I think we drew the game nil nil. Yeah. But we yeah. should have won the game. John Ward right. yeah. um, scored, didn't he? Yeah. But um, yeah, obviously it was a clean sheet. Um, and again, it was like another experience for me. And I just realised this is what I want to do. I want to play football. Well, um, you come as you say, you come through your academy. You name some of the coaches that you worked with. Then, and then suddenly working with Ita Karanka. 
Yeah. What was that like? Um, it was different because obviously we never really had foreign managers through like the um, through the academy. But um, with Karanka, it was very different. Um, but I, I enjoyed working with him because I knew that he, you know, he, he had he trust me. Obviously playing against Preston first game of the season. I think I was like seventeen as well at the time. Um, but for me, he was he was fantastic. Um, outside, he always complimented me like how to play, um, and. Obviously, he played for Real Madrid. You know, I learned I learned quite a lot of him to be honest. And um, remember texting him after when he got uh, sacked, um, and then he texted me back a nice message saying, "Good luck for the future." You know, look at Ben Gibson. You know, hopefully you play for England and stuff, which is really nice of him at the time. Um, but yeah, he was he was a good manager to work under, and obviously he got us promoted. Um, so yeah, good well, memories. What about Sydney players in dressing room at that time? Did you know how helpful were they to you? What were it like going into a yeah. room full of these experienced pros? Because there were quite a lot in there. Yeah, I think yeah, Gibbo helped me a lot. Gibbo was always talking to me, but I'd say Grant, but Grant done it in a different way. Like Grant, Grant was clever with it. Like at the time, I thought, oh, he's being a bit, he's not being good for me. But now I look back, and I think I could, I knew what he was doing, and, and now it's pushed me on to be a, you know, to take criticism and stuff. Because in training. Grant never used to let like people standard slip. If a young lad come up and they'd misplace a pass, he'd be a bit more harsh on them than he would obviously use other senior senior players. So I remember one time in the possession, I give the ball away like twice. And I remember him giving this audible stare at me, and he was like, he's like, um, don't you give that ball away again? And I was like, I don't want the ball again. Do you know what I mean? I was thinking wherever the ball was, I was on the opposite side. <laughs> so kept chasing the ball. But then when I the next session I was thinking right don't give the ball away because Grant's going to be on my case so then I'd get on the ball and I'd, I'd be positive and I'd be giving and Grant like knew that he could see it um, so I think he was being like really harsh but he knew that I could do it so he was he was being like that with me and it made me a bit more tough um, and I knew the standards that the first team required and if I never you know was up them standards I'm going to get found out on a Saturday so yeah I'd say Grant was a real leader like for me and Bit of a role model, really, um, and obviously Stewie as well. When he came back, Stewie was always good with me. You know, he took me home a few times. Um, Woody as well. Woody took me home a few times. Um, and let's say Gibbo, he's obviously having a good career now, um, and he was fantastic with me. He was a centre half of the academy, um, and he and when I wasn't doing well, he'd always like like come on there, like you know, say like if I lost my man on a corner on a weekend in the squad. He'd go, oh, that happened to me, I'd give a pen away at home in front of everyone, he'd make me feel like a little bit better. Um, so I'd say then people really, to me, you know, really helped me. Were you disappointed then when we, we were in promotion, but then you get loaned out? Uh, no, so I wasn't disappointed because obviously I knew that they were going like, to invest in like new players and stuff to stay in the Premier League. And all I wanted to do was play games. And I did I sort of talk to you, or was it? Um, so he didn't speak to me. It was sort of through my agent that I knew what he wanted to do. So it was out of two options. It was either go to Bolton in League One or to Rotherham. Um, initially, I said I wanted to go to Bolton in League One. Obviously, they're going to be challenging for promotion. But Crank was like, "No, I don't want you to go to Bolton in League One. I want you to go to Rotherham in the Championship." Um, and at the time I thought, why, I know, I'll go to and get promoted. Um, but then now I look back and I think, I learned so much at Rotherham that I would have getting promoted at Bolton. Um, you know, every week, I'm not gonna lie, I was getting battered every week. Played against Cardiff, I played against Ricky Lambert and he'd give me an absolute torrid. And obviously I was 18 year old, skinny, um, and he was just bullying me week in and week out. 
and at the time you think wow this is this is tough like, I don't even know if this, this is for me but then obviously when you look back I think I'll learn so much nobody remembers it now um, and you know I'm making less mistakes now than I, I was back then um, so let's say I'd, I'd, I've learned miles more at Rotherham than I would have in the promotion side at Bolton um, but yeah I've enjoyed my loan and it's put me in good stead where I am now. I guess because you were like a borough lad as well and you had your whole your whole life you've been at home, you kind of marrying up that experience of playing football every week with the fact that you're living up, well, were you living away from home? Did yeah, you I, was down living, I, was, I was living away from home, yeah. It was only like an hour and a half back, but yeah, yeah I was living away from home and that was difficult, obviously. I had to cook now and then, I'll try to cook. Um, well, that's part of the experience, I guess, isn't it? Being like, a, you know, yeah, it was, and, yeah, and it's not even like just the football, it's life skills as mm -hmm. well. Um, being able to deal with being away from your family and a lot of lads up from here are like from down London so you know it's difficult mm -hmm. um, but like I say it's it's I've learned a lot from from my loan at Rotherham and I, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So you came, am I right saying you came back at Christmas? Yeah I came back at Christmas. So you would have just missed, I mean Neil Warnock would have been at Rotherham by the end of that season when she probably just missed him. Um, that season before. Yeah, so I Last. played. I played. Yeah, because sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was right. a, that was a promotion year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah we we got beat by. Well, that's right. We got sorry, beat yeah, one yeah, yeah. and Neil and yeah, yeah. Neil was manager yeah. um, when they beat us one 0 like, yeah, we, You manager at Rotherham with Kenny Jacket, wasn't it? Have I made no, that so up? it was uh, Alan Stubbs. Why Stubbs do I think it was Kenny Jacket? He, he came in. Um, so and then you came Stubbs back. Yeah, yeah. Alan Stubbs. He brought me in. Uh, I didn't realise you worked with Stubbs' dad. Yeah. I think I played about seven games and he got the sack, um, and then played against. Um, uh, sorry, then next manager was Kenny Jacket. Yeah, he came in, um, and I think he said, "Well, the team's not good enough. We've had enough after about three games." And then it was the fitness coach who was there now, Paul. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and he wasn't really having me to be honest. I don't think so. Then he started playing like all the older, experienced lads. Uh, which was understandable. We were in a relegation scrap, and you want no experienced players. Um, and then I came back here yeah, Christmas. And you played an FA Cup, didn't you? Against City. That's right. Yeah. Go on. I came. Yeah, I came on against uh, City. I, someone got injured. I can't remember who, but I came on, and um, and I got a bit of a reality check to be honest. So, remember Mark and Aguero? I remember just looking at him, thinking, "Wow, playing against Aguero <laughs> at Rusa," and. Um, so the ball, Raheem Sterling had the ball, and I looked at Aguero, and he was just right there, like right next to me. And then I turned my back for like a second to look at where Sterling crossing the ball, and I look back, and he's not there, he's nowhere to be seen. <laughs> I look the other way, and he's over there, front post, and Brad Gilson obviously saved the shot. But I was thinking, my like, this is you've got to be switched on. You know? And Jonathan Wood got all just saying to me like, in in the match, like in the, if a cross is coming in. You've always got to feel your man, know where he is, not just look, have a feel of him. So there, you know, I've sort of like learned something. If, if he is on my right shoulder, have a feel of him. If he does go there, I know where he's going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I coming against City, playing against the players, it was like Leroy Sané, Aguero, Sterling, De Bruyne, John Stones, Otamendi, uh, David Silva. And David Silva, I remember he came in the box and then I thought, right, he's, he's going to want to cross the ball here and he's probably going to try and put it through my legs. So just try and like, jockey him and you know make sure the ball hits off me and goes for a corner or whatever and I, I had my legs shut and for some reason he managed to get it through my legs but I was like running like a bit more like this like jumping <laughs> and then he's got it through my legs and put it in the box and managed to clear it but I just thought like this this level like it's absolutely frightening and 
and to get to that level you've got to put a lot of hard work in like they probably have as well so you know that's one day out of where I want to be. What what would it like coming um, coming back from Rotherham into our dressing room at that time as well because I think George has said it and I think Grant's alluded to it that it probably wasn't the happiest dressing room in the world. Yeah. That was certainly the second half of that season. Oh yeah obviously coming up from the championships I was you know a massive achievement but then Staying in the Premier League, it's obviously a lot difficult than people think. Um, like you've seen it with Norwich, they've went up and come back down, and so it looks like they're going to do the same this year, to be honest. But um, to stay in that league, you know, it's got so some big hitters in there. Though you've got Vic Valdez, you've got yeah, Aaron there, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of like um, big personalities, um, and with the team we had, you'd probably expect us to stay up. But um, you know, I, I don't quite know what happened, but obviously that year we just came up short, really. And that summer. That summer you had a hell of an achievement, didn't you? Was it the Euros or the World Cup? Which one was it? The World Cup. The World Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which one won it? <laughs> yeah, the World Cup. Oh, with England, um, looking back now, I really miss going away. Um, so I used to think like, all the lads used to go off on all day and stuff and on the breaks and that. And then I used to be going away and playing football again. Where now I'm, I miss it so much. The lads who, who were there were you know, terrific and we all had like good crack in that. But the World Cup. Um, it was in South Korea and obviously I think we were away for like a, a full month um, and I had a good run of games but then I got injured in the semi-final so I couldn't play the final um, but honestly the, that, that group squad of players we had was, was absolutely phenomenal. I mean we were the first English football team winning World Cup since 1966 weren't we? Yeah we were yeah uh, but then the group... And we don't care how we win yeah. them as long as we win them. But then the group next year I think won. I think it was the 17s one. Yeah, and they paid more attention to that one than they did ours, so I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, I, was say, I remember being a bit disappointed at the time because it had taken gloss off you lads winning it year before. Yeah, I know, yeah, but no, what an achievement. The, the team we had, I think we had like, um, what we have? We had Adam Armstrong, Dom Solanke, Tammy Abraham, Joe Gomez, um, you know, some unbelievable players, and they're going on to have good careers now. Um, but yeah, it was a fantastic achievement, and one that I'll always cherish, really. How did it kind of differ, you know, training with the, with England with the young lads and, and being with Middlesbrough? What were the differences and, and and what were the similarities? I guess as well. I'd say the tempo was the same really, but you never really had like the. So when you train here with the first team, it'd be like you'd never really want to give the ball away. You, you know, you knew if you like I was saying about Grant earlier, if you give the ball away, it'd be on your case. It wasn't really like that. It was more like having fun, um, and there was obviously a few like flary players, and I remember. Patrick Roberts, who we had at Millsbury as well, he was in the England setup and he was frightening. I always used to say, like, he's going to be like the next Messi. He was that good. It's just tear people apart. But um, yeah, the group he had was, was absolutely fantastic. Well, obviously, I already mentioned a few names and they're all gone on to have good careers, really. Mm-hmm. And when, like, so Gary Monk comes in, that's something that we, we were just mentioning there, the kind of squad that he had assembled and you were coming back into as a, as a kind of a more senior player, that was, I mean, you had some names in there, didn't you, really? The, for, for the championship level, that was some squad time. Yeah, we did. We had a good group, but um. Certainly, centre halves. Yeah, we signed Ryan Shot, didn't we? That's right. Um, yeah, maybe right and then. I don't think Shot's played until December. Yeah, that's right. Only a cup um, game. But I'm gonna say yeah. all his signings, they were all attacking players, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we still have Gibbo, obviously, and Daniel yeah. Oliver still there. Yeah. Um, and I remember once under Gary Monk, we had a bit of like a crisis meeting. We weren't doing well. Um, and we had to go off in our own groups. Like right bullet points, like why weren't we doing well? And come back and feed it to the group. <laughs> well, 
I think it was like four groups, but then two had to come back and speak in front of everyone, right. like about why we weren't doing well. Um, so it was me and Tav in the group, and then um, someone, um, I think someone shouted our youngest two have to do it. So it was me and Tav, so obviously, everyone, but me and Tav went last, and everyone went first, so all the senior pros, like proper speaking, like dead confident, know what they're talking about. And they were up there for a good like 20 minutes, and me and Tav were next. In like, fairness, you played a lot more games than Tav had as well yeah. by this point. I think Tav had only played yeah, half a dozen games, Danny. I know, but there was me and Tav. Me were last up, and everyone gave like a proper good account of themselves and that. And I knew everyone was sort of like waiting for us. Probably just having a little bit of a giggle. And everyone else took like 20 minutes. Man and Tav took two minutes. It's hilarious. We were just reading it off the bullet points, and everyone was like, "Are you going to like explain?" I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to read the bullet points. And I remember when I started talking. Grant went, Dale, speak up, I can't hear you, in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I just started like shouting for two seconds and went back to a normal tone, but yeah. Um, but I think doing that, like speaking from the full group and, you know, talking about like, you know, what, what's going wrong. I was just going to say, I mean, I laughed a little bit and said it's a bit, sounds a bit like yeah. school, Yeah. but go on, what, did it, did it have a benefit? I mean, because it's all different styles of management and go on, yeah. what? I just think we wanted just to like have a bit of like truth with with ourselves and us identify like what's going wrong instead of like you know just just dwelling on it and not even speaking about it. I think you just wanted us to open up as a group so that we like trust each other. Um, it's hard as a young player though. I mean, like you and oh, particularly yeah. Tav. Yeah. Tav's probably just happy to be in the conversation. Don't <laughs> mind me. Well, yeah. I mean, you think what's going wrong? He's like, well, everything's going right for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, I, isn't it? I scored at Bournemouth. Yeah. I scored yeah. there against yeah. Sunderland. Yeah. Um, things going fine for me. But I think like at the time as well, I was like, I was quite lad. I wouldn't really like. I don't, I don't really speak unless I was spoken to. Um, and then to go in front of the group and like speak about you know how we're basically going to turn the season around was like difficult mm-hmm. but um it really like i think you know i've just come up with shell a little bit and there even a few of the lads come up to me after i think it was like adam forshaw was like oh well done you done well that like you know and, and that that was that was good for me and showed like a little bit of leadership as well to get up there and do it um it brings that responsibility in you as well yeah it does yeah accountability yeah um but yeah that's that's another thing that was you know that was good really um it was difficult, but yeah, I'm glad I've done it. Now, you obviously, throughout this point, and then, you know, Tony Pulis came in in the December or whatever, but you all, there was you, Ben Gibson and Ayala on there, and yeah. we were play, when we were playing two centre-halves. Yeah. Um, very tough to dislodge, really, the pair of them without an injury yeah. moment or a suspension. Yeah, well, obviously, they got promoted, didn't they? Them two together, and them two together were phenomenal, yeah, we got promoted. You know, Danny had scored a lot of goals off corners and you know, the dolls did complement each other really well. Mm. Um yeah, it was difficult. Um but obviously I just got a at the time I was just training with them, trying to train well. And if one of them did get injured I knew I was gonna be ready to step up and I feel like at the time I did do that. Um and obviously with Tony Pulis it was difficult but um but yeah, I enjoyed my football and Tony Pulis to be honest, because he sets his team out to like be defensive and I think I learned a lot, like in a defensive way, um, and I think it's you know it's done me good to where I am now, really. Yeah, didn't you? Didn't you play against Norwich, and you made a slight mistake? Oh, you that, that, that was with Gary Monk. Gary Monk yeah. yeah, but so, didn't you say you learned? You'd learned yeah, a lot from. Yeah, so I was I was playing well under Gary Monk, um, and then I made one mistake against Norwich, and James Madison's put the ball in the top corner from outside the box, um, and then he pulled me in. And he was like, um, Dale, I'm going to pull you out. Um, 
not just because of the mistake, uh, just because you know to switch it up a little bit, I want a bit more leadership. Um, which I knew was because of the mistake. Do you know what I mean? I knew that he wanted to pull me out just because of it. But um, at the time, I was thinking, well, you know, you haven't really done me any help. It's not my confidence. You pulled me out. You know, the team with one mistake. Um, but I look back now and I learned. I learned so much from it, like assessing the whole situation. Um, and I just sort of don't make a mistake again. Or if you do, get back on the ball and you know be positive. Because I remember when I made that mistake, the whole game took me a bit of time to like get over it because it was at home it's like my first mistake and obviously it's difficult um, but now if I make a mistake now I'm just like put it one side you can't do anything about it just you know keep playing your normal game and let's say I've, I learned a lot from it to be honest yeah that's why I mentioned that because I remember you telling me sort of after the event but a while later I, m- I remember as well because I was supposed to do the lounge after the game and you go to him and oh, Dale don't bother about the lunch today. <laughs> you don't have to do it. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, thank you. Nice but you you came up there a while after, and you know, yeah, you at the point you're disappointed and you think it's it's not my confidence. Yeah. But then, like you say, you look back yeah. and think, yeah, you know, that's I, I learned from that. Yeah. But, you know, it's another experience, isn't it? Yeah, I think when you're younger, you do make a lot of mistakes. Like I was probably sent out alone to go and make mistakes, and it's, you know, obviously the, the the more you do it, the quicker you learn. If you don't make mistakes, you don't learn. Um, so I'm glad that I've made mistakes early in my career. So then now I can sort of, you know, now I sort of deal with them. And if I do make a mistake, I'm I'm going to be all right. I mean, let's be honest, it was hardly a howler, was it? I mean, like you said, James Madison still put it in from 25. Oh, yards. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, so, I've lost that's the ball. That's the worst mistake you yeah, make. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, like Gary Monk had such a selection of players, he was probably under pressure to make to bring some oh, of these players oh, in. Like Ryan yeah. Shotton is an experienced yeah. player. He signed him for a couple of million. Yeah, and he's not played. A, you know, a consistent run of games up until the Christmas. So there's like there's a big picture going on, isn't there? Sometimes I guess you got to step back from things, and only time does that. Really. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think we were struggling a bit at the time as well. So you need to chop and change things up. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's just that's just the way it goes, really. It's probably under Tony Pulis that you got the most consistent or your first consistent run of playing games as well. I yeah, I had a bit of a run at like right back as well, mm-hmm. which I, I actually enjoyed. I think I got like five or six assists that year. Um, <laughs> And I, we had me and Tav joke on, um, I think we played Brentford away, uh, and it was on Sky as well, and I crossed one. Oh, that's when you put the cross in, isn't it? Yeah, and every time we, me and Tav got into the session, I always try and like, recreate it. I go, Fry Tavernier, goal made in the borough. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> and me and Tav always joke on about it. Have you managed to put in a cross that good again? Uh, nah. nah, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. But no, I enjoyed it. I played right back, right centre half. In the middle of a three, left centre half and left wing back as well. <laughs> yeah, so no, I enjoyed it. I think, like, it adds stuff to your game as well. Like, if I ever need to play there, I can play there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I played against Villa at home, though, and that just killed my right back career because I played against Balassi and he was doing some mad tricks. He was like swiping the floor. You've seen him do it, yeah. Here. And he just knocked past me, cross it, and I was like, bloody hell, like, this is difficult. I'll knock it off a right back. But, but yeah, I enjoyed it and I got a few assists, like, saying, yeah, it was good. How did you find his pre-seasons under Tony Pulis, what was that like? I still talk about him now and I, honestly the hardest time I've ever had in my life like it was so, you do people talk about it and I was, I actually had anxiety going into like this pre-season because I was thinking like this is going to be difficult and um, we went out breakfast on the morning, I think we were up at like half five, half five yeah. yeah, we went out breakfast on the morning but I was taking bread buns up from the night before, leaving it on the top and I'd try and bite into it at half five in the morning because yeah, breakfast were after you'd yeah. done in the morning running really not biking yeah it? I was trying to bite this bread it would break it wouldn't go down oh it was horrible um, and we'd get up and we'd, we'd be biking 
And uh, yeah, it was just so hard. It was the hardest <coughs> thing I ever had to do in my life. Did you feel like you felt the benefit though? Like, because you always, you, you yeah. always say that I like felt, muscle injuries wise. Yeah. I felt like I got the benefit like of being fit, mm. but then I also done my hamstring as well, mm. the back end of the season. And um, I think that was just because I've had a diff- difficult pre-season, going away with England, not having any rest playing the games and then I done my hamstring which yeah. how do you just generally injuries wise that's probably one of the most difficult things psychologically to deal with how do you how do you deal with that kind of thing now obviously yeah. coming back from an injury now as well how do you cope with that as a so player? my first injury I was I was devastated yeah and I also missed the Euros as well for England which was that was the one that really like bothered me mm-hmm. um, and then when I came back from the injury I remember obviously playing Bristol away, I was captain, I was over the moon and that played well but obviously I think I could have done better with the goals but I knew that I was going to play better the next week um, but then my, my performances started to like dip a little bit and then I couldn't really like get back, to, I was like so inconsistent, I played well, made mistakes, score, you know, I was like that um, and I think that was always in the back of my mind about my injury and then I had a few niggles as well that like, year with my hamstring again and I couldn't really get going um, and then Obviously, I done my calf towards the back end of last season, and then you know that, and then I kept coming in and out when I was injured, and then my main goal this year was just don't get injured, like play all the games, don't get injured, look after your body, which I was doing, and then obviously I've done my groin, um, and that was that wasn't because I've, I haven't stretched nothing out, it was just like a, a freak accident, you know, I fell on it and done my groin, so. It, it it is difficult because sometimes you know when the team isn't doing well you want to you want to be playing on the pitch like I hate going to like obviously watch the team I want to be playing like that's just my nature I want to be playing on the pitch um, and and I've learned not to like rush things like when I done my hamstring I was trying to get back I wanted to be back for the start of the season and I've learned like just take your time like it's a long season there's you know however many games in the season is and just don't rush it you know try and get back and. I think even at home, like my girlfriend as well, is fantastic. Mum, dad, fantastic again. Um, you know, always just you know asking how I am and stuff and help me out. Um, so I sort of know how to deal with injuries now, but you know, obviously it's not an ideal place to be, really. Mm. You mentioned about the Bristol City game as well. Obviously, came in as captain as so for like for Jonathan Woodgate to to give you that a player you've mentioned already, someone you looked up to, easy easy manager at this point yeah. to give you that honor must be like one of the high points of your career. Yeah, I remember when he told me it was. The day before we went, I was, he was coming down the stairs, just in the reception there. Um, you know, Dale, you're going to be captain tomorrow. And I just looked at him and I was like, all right, uh, <laughs> like that. <laughs> and then I've got on the bus and then I've told Wing, I was like, Wing, I'm captain tomorrow. He's going, oh, yeah. He's b- Wingy's buzzing. I'm telling them my parents and that, and they're, they're obviously over the moon. Um, but that, that was a great achievement for me. Um, I've got the shirt framed and, you know, got the captain's armband and it's up in my room. Um, but yeah, that was that was a great achievement for me. But I still look back on that season with a little bit of regret, regret to be honest, because I knew how much Jonathan Mugate believed in me, and how much you know he was telling people, um, and I couldn't really like deliver. Like my performances were like so inconsistent, um, and I don't know why, but uh, that's just the way it was. And I, I look back with a bit of regret because I knew how much faith he had in me. Mm-hmm. That um, was also that Bristol game. Were also the one where the big lighthouse was coined, didn't it? When he said after the game, yeah, he called me a big lighthouse. Big lighthouse. That sort of like stuck now, isn't it? A little bit with you anyway. Every time I say yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a funny name to be honest. And uh, yeah, it's better than Iron Head. Yeah, it's better than Iron Head. Yeah, I, 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 I do prefer the lighthouse to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, that sort of stuck with, it, with him, didn't after that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he used to say, you know, press interviews then, I, well, whether yeah. we were in press or not, he just referred to it as the big lighthouse. Yeah, he would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a mark of how far you've, you've come, you know, you said yourself you were a quiet lad to go from that to being like captain of your, yeah. your hometown football club like that. In terms of progress, it's quite a story. Oh, yeah, of course, it is, yeah. So being a hometown lad and captain of your hometown team, you know, it's a, it's a phenomenal achievement and, you know, something that'll obviously live with me forever, really, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you're a seasoned professional now. I mean, you're not that old. How old are you? I'm 24 now, yeah. 20, 24, but it feels like you've been here years. Well, I have, yeah. You have? I've what? been in around it since I was 17, yeah. And it, it uh, feels like we've seen you grow up from yeah. being this quiet... yeah. Lad playing in under 18s as centre half, yeah, to being you know the the leader on the yeah. pitch that you yeah. are, yeah, and you know the character off the field that you are because yeah. let's make no mistake, you are a bit of a character, aren't you? Uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you know, but every dressing room needs characters, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I'd say it's the past three seasons are the ones where I've sort of you know became that senior player, mm. um, sort of playing games, I'm not just in and out, in and out. You know, I'm I'm on the team sheet, um, and that's something you know that's 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 fantastic, really. Obviously, play for my own time team. I couldn't ask for anything more. Um, and like you say, I've been just one of the characters. We had George Sadler, was funny as you know. Um, and yeah, it's always good to have characters in the changing room. Like we've got a good group now. Um, the togetherness is is fantastic. You know, we've got like a little fan system going, and everyone like chips in. Um, and you know we've got a few like foreign lads as well who obviously find it difficult coming over but then the lads in the dressing room have also have really helped them Crooksy's been fantastic with uh, Piero and they're always on Google Translate talk and stuff and his English is getting a little bit better and I'm, I think he's shown it in his performance as well as now he's sort of coming out of his shell and he's, you know, he's playing well and I think he'd be very important for us this year I, think, I have to be honest I think he's been really good to watch how so the 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 foreign lads that we've signed this year have been welcomed into the dressing room like you just touched upon there with crooksy and martin it's almost like everyone's gone not the extra mile but the extra 10 miles here yeah. to really welcome and, and get them to be part of the group i think it's yeah. been great to see yeah leo's been fantastic as well obviously he speaks to martin um and the the gaff the gaffer will tell leo and leo will obviously tell martin um but like I said, Crooksy's always on Google Translate talk, and we're all tra- we're all lucky learning a little bit of Spanish as well, to be honest. Um, and when it was his birthday, I think maybe a few weeks ago, they had, they had like a cake from upstairs and stuff. And I think that's just that the togetherness that this the club really brings, and I think he's enjoying it now. Yeah. Just like another player who's coming as well. Obviously, we said about you becoming more and more senior, but you must look up to some like Sol Bamber and think oh, yeah. what he, to, to what he's achieved this season in the team now. Yeah, from 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 where he's been to where he's now. Oh, Honestly, it's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always asking him questions, trying to like, you know, you know, learn from him. And when I watch him on the pitch, I just think, wow, like he's he's incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, that big leg that he sticks out all the time. I think, where the hell does that come from? But yeah, he's he's a, he's absolutely fantastic in the change room as well. You know, he's always talking. Such a nice guy, and you know, it's someone that you know we can all you know learn off. And you know, he's hundred percent. He's definitely a role model. Yeah. Mm. And just the manager as well. Like he. Has made no secret how, how much he, he likes you as a player, and yeah. I think he, he was as good as anyone when you went off against Blackburn last season. I think he knew that it was going to be a big moment in our season. You coming out, what's he been like for you in your development, and how much do you enjoy playing for him? Yeah, he's been fantastic. Like I see, he's had a, a defensive manager, and as a defender, you know, we, we, we want to defend. Um, and he's, yeah, he's been fantastic. His man management's like incredible, like, you can go and speak to him, you know, and 
he won't like he won't lie to you. He'll be honest with you. He'll tell you the truth. Um, and he's such he's just such a nice guy. Like, I remember in pre-season when we obviously went round to his house and stuff, and just how like he is. He's just like I don't know. He's just sort of like like a, a very likable guy, and he's just so down to earth. Yeah, and mm-hmm. when he's obviously a great manager, as his career shows. Mm-hmm. We've had a really good run of results recently. It must make it all the more itching to get back involved in. Yeah, I think is it three three on the bounce you've won? Four yeah, 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 yeah. four from five. Yeah. Um yeah, we have a good run and I think a lot of people, obviously a lot of fans and stuff are like, Oh, come on, like what's going on? But you know, pe- teams peak at different times and you know, hopefully this is our time and you know, we keep winning games and like I say we've won three on the bounce and then I think we're like seventh or something in the table and it's just so quick how things can change. I, I remember one year, Villa, they were sort of near the bottom and they won like nine on the bounce mm-hmm. and they ended up getting promoted, didn't they? Like yeah. Um, so I think, like I said, teams pick at different times, and hopefully this is our time, really. Mm-hmm. How good would it be to pull on a shirt in the Premier League? Oh no, yeah, that's I never played in the Premier League. No, that's not me. Um, yeah, I missed out, but obviously to to put on the shirt for my hometown team in the Premier League, obviously getting us promoted, absolutely mean the world to me and my family, and you know that'll be over the moon. So hopefully this year we can uh, we can do that, get us promoted. I mean that's a great way to finish, but I want to actually one last thing. So little Dale Fry, a little Dale Fry now. Yeah. He's sat at home in Berry Kills listening to the big Dale Fry speaking now. Right. What advice would you give to him? What advice would you give to him? Bloody hell, Josie. Uh, this might get cut off the podcast, this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, it didn't have to be it didn't have to be Dale Fry himself. Could be it's like you said, the little lads in the academy now who uh, come in every day and, and see you and think, Well, it's Dale Looking Fry. at you, you Middlesbrough lad, you've achieved pretty much everything. Well, I'd I'd just say Whatever you put in, you get out really. It's just hard work. Like, like I say, I was speaking about my dad bringing me in early, all them extra hours. Um, obviously, it paid off. And I say, just hard work, 100% dedication, hard work. Like, I wasn't going out with my friends like when I was younger. They're all obviously drinking in the parks and stuff. I was, you know, going to um, <laughs> going to uh, football and stuff and putting the hours in. Just don't, just work hard and you know, no distractions. Yeah. It's been a great listen, Dale. Thank you very much for your time, um, and thanks to everyone for listening at home as well. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. Cheers, Dale. Thanks very much. Nice one.